You're listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. My name is Eugene Hernandez, Deputy Director here at Film at Lincoln Center. Today we're sharing a conversation about the new documentary Honeyland, which begins its theatrical release this week. The Sundance World Cinema Documentary Grand Jury Prize winner, directed by Tamara Kotevska and Lubomir Stefanov, is an evocative, often outrageously funny, modern-day parable of the Good Samaritan. The film was an official selection at New Directors New Films earlier this year, where the directors joined Dan Sullivan for a Q&A. Let's go to that now. First, uh, I was hoping you could talk a bit about, um, about how you first encountered uh, Hatidza and the various uh, subjects uh, of the film and uh, maybe about how you developed or built your relationships with your subjects uh, before filming anything or maybe early on in the filming process. Well, this story was a long story for everyone and nobody kind of know when would be the end of it. In a way, it was a spontaneous journey uh, we started this film, it's our second documentary together. And uh, we started this documentary as a short documentary about nature conservation around the region of River Bregalnica in Macedonia. And uh, on the rocks of the canyon, we found these really weird uh, holes uh, where Atiches bees are, actually, which we didn't know what they are, who they belong to. And we started a research uh, because they had uh, marks. It was pretty obvious it's a human-made uh, human made thing. And uh, we discovered uh, Atija's family. At the beginning, it was her brothers because she has many brothers who do the same thing, but they don't live the same way like she does. Um, same village. They live in different towns in Macedonia, in different uh, villages with their families. And in a way, it was Atija's curse being the last female of her family. And this is a tradition in this kind of tribe that the last female remains to keep the, the parents until they die. So this is why she uh, remained in this village of Bekirlia, now abandoned, uh, to just take care of her mother until she dies. This is how we started the story. I'd like to add something. <coughs> Uh, in the area where we filmed, uh, it's long abandoned since 1950s. It was uh, it is in the middle of our country, in the central part. It's an area of around 70 kilometers in length, some 15 high, and uh, <coughs> there were some 10 villages, mostly populated with Turkish population. And after the Second World War, there was a agreement with then Yugoslavia and Turkey for exchange of population and all the villages, all the area with is abandoned since there. And Natijan, probably some of the few families in other villages decide to stay. And she's practically alone uh, from her birth. She's born in the 60s. And you were, you were filming for like three years or so? Yeah. Three years, 100 filming filming days during a period of three years. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, I was curious. Um, I was curious how you observed your relationship with your with your subjects changing over such a long uh, uh, filming period. Uh, it was a different relationship with both families. Very different. Uh, Atija is a born star. <laughs> we must say that. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> so with her, it was very easy to make a relationship because um, she loves people and she loves interaction. And the first thing she said when we started shooting is because she, she doesn't she can't, she couldn't make a difference between a TV crew or journalist or film crew. So she said, this is my biggest dream that some journalist come one day and shoot me while I was walking on the hills. <laughs> so we, for, with her, it was a great pleasure and enjoyment to, to work and to be there and to live and just to share this experience. And with the other family, <laughs> he can tell it was a wilder. <laughs> okay, we, we started with Atija first, so idea. After, after we find her and she agreed from the first moment to be filmed, uh, at the first moment we didn't have a, a clear idea. We just, because of her uh, um, exotics of the, of the, of the ambient and, and, and her own, we started just following, follow, just to follow her activities with, uh, with the honey and soon after with her mother. And uh, then in, in the first three weeks of, of filming, we spotted, after she is going in the film, uh, af before she, she is going to the market, she is uh, taking uh, uh, honey from, the, from that window in the ruins, and she is repeating half for me, half for, for you. And she is talking to the bees, and we, we saw that in the first three weeks. And uh, for us, it was very important thing because uh, that 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 rule she that rule uh, she 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 respects is very important. Uh, <coughs> uh, she is very it, it is very important uh, because today we are facing many environmental problems. Uh, some of them are very big, there are three probably very important uh, environmental problems like uh, climate change, biodiversity loss and overusing. Uh, this one is actually uh, about overusing of natural resources and her example is uh, actually a very rare thing that you, can spot, you could spot in, uh, in uh, in a person that, that lives in such it's such a extreme circumstances without uh, water, without electricity, and without um, roads and contacts with with uh, other people, and uh, we 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 knew that that we must keep we must keep that that point, and somehow. We were in the need of a conflict, and then, uh, and then came the family, <laughs> and uh, 
it was hard uh, to, to, at the beginning, to, to make even a contact with them because they were hiding. But uh, step by step, we somehow provoked um, their, their acceptance of us. And uh, later, they, they just accept us. And that's all. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll ask another question or two, and then we'll, we'll open it up to the, uh, to the audience. But, um, but I imagine uh, across this across these three years, you probably uh, amassed uh, quite a bit of uh, footage. Um, maybe 400 hours. There goes my first question. Yeah, 400 hours. Well, then, um, uh, I'm, cu I'm curious about, uh, then, naturally, the editing process. And, and um, I think there, the, the film is very, very strong, very legible structure. So I'm, I'm curious how you kind of uh, work that out um, uh, during the editing. Well, it was a very, very interesting editing process. Um, we worked, we decided this, um, we worked on the set uh, with these people mostly by visual observing. First, this is very important to say because we didn't know, we don't know the language. We don't understand Turkish. So for us, uh, it was a great challenge to see the story just visually. <laughs> Because we said, okay, if we understand this, what's happening, then everyone will understand what is happening. And this is another uh, task that we took in editing too. Like we switched off the sound and we were working uh, maybe six months the, until the first cut completely without sound, just setting the film visually. And later when the sound came, we had around... Okay. When the transcript uh, came, we had around 40, uh, uh, 400 pages of transcript. Uh, it was like watching a different film for us because then we discovered these brilliant uh, conversations between Atija and her mom, which we just uh, saw visually, but we didn't know the exact things they were saying. So it was very, very interesting. And I think this is why the film works so great uh, like so simple narratively, let's say, because our main goal was to create a story that will be understandable visually and the sound will just add to it in a way. I hope it's clear. And, and when, you, um, when you found out what, what, what everyone on screen is, was saying in the film, um, did that at all uh, change for you the kind of um, the sort of like underlying uh, political or e ecological um, idea of the film, or did it kind of um, uh, substantiate? Uh, it didn't change because we were change aiming for the precise for <laughs> conflict with the with the bees. Although Sorry. it is, it is although it it is um, human story, real life story, uh, that the main environmental point. It's just from the beginning there that equal share of benefits between users and providers. Users like humans and providers, nature in this case, the bees, <coughs> which is uh, very crucial for ensuring the food security for provider and for us, for humans. 
that is that that is why this is very important for for this actual environmental problem overusing of natural resources. This is a very simple uh, example of that. Of how we should. So we can take some questions from the audience. If you have a question, just raise your hand and we'll bring you a microphone. Let's start uh, the woman with the hat. Thank you very much. Well, first of all, thank you for this very touching film. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to know uh, a lot of things, a lot more things. Like, where did you live? What does she survive on? Is it chickens and eggs and honey? And what happened to her after her mother died? Did she stay in the village or not? Well, we have to make arrangements. We're two directors, of course. Uh, okay, I will answer your first question. You can answer the second. Uh, we are, were a crew of four people on set for 100 days. And that was it. Uh, these four people, we are working for a long time. We worked on our previous documentary together. And uh, we, when we went there, uh, we went with a special vehicle uh, that's off-road vehicle because there is no roads and uh, we had a limited uh, space for supplies so we could only stay three to four day days maximum and we stayed in tents and when the supplies is finished we just yeah in, in her yard basically so when the supplies were finished we just left uh, during the winter we could only spend one day and come back before it gets dark, because it was horrible conditions. Uh, a couple of times in the winter, this was a big question, if we should continue shooting during the winter or not. We didn't know what to expect, so we went, we went one time and uh, we got stuck, like really stuck, and we have a video of this, it's very funny actually. <laughs> and it was a, a question if she, we should go back and just forget about the winter there or keep keep uh, doing this and when we discovered that winter is even more magical like to me personally it's visually the most magical part of the film uh, we decided to just keep going and to show one year of like four seasons of her life so this this was one like for me Personally, one of the best decisions we made to just keep going and see her life in all the all the natural circumstances there are, like to be to be with her as much as she's there, you know. Uh, in um, in summer of 2017, we were we 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 didn't even put, we didn't start with anything. We started the autumn. We participated in um, um, Sarajevo Film Festival work in progress um, session, and we won a, with with just an assembly of material, and we won a prize there. And uh, we spent those money for buying a house for Atija in a nearby village where she has uh, relatives. Uh, 
It is not. <coughs> it is not a fortune. Uh, house in rural Macedonia costs around twelve thousand dollars, but uh, it is a house with electricity, with refrigerator, with all elementary needs for a proper life in 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 um, average village in Macedonia, <coughs> and uh, we are taking care of also the some uh, family. Uh, we must say that on the day of our premiere in Sundance Festival, on 28th of um, January, Lutvia, the tough woman, gave birth to her eighth child. It's not <laughs> in the movie. But, uh, <laughs> and um, we also... They called us on Messenger <laughs> to tell us this. And uh, we... <coughs> We started a campaign for donating of uh, for don for donations for the children in Faratija. Uh, you, it is uh, active worldwide now. Uh, you could check the, the our site honeyland.earth, and you will get a reward of a small jar of honey <laughs> from the region. And that's what we. I don't know what else. That's that's what we could do for them. I think the most we did is actually remaining, uh, becoming a family with, especially with yes. her being so lonely, and keeping in touch continuously. We even, are, even now. When we are in Skopje, we are basically in everyday contact with them every day. I'm wondering about uh, any fictional parts of the film. Did you make things happen? Uh, Sir, can you speak in the microphone? Did you film them in a certain way? Or is everything just the way it happened and you happen to have your cameras there? Sir, could you please re repeat the question into the microphone? I'm wondering about the uh, any fictional aspects of the film. Did you make anything up? In creating the story, did you uh, pr provoke the people into having situations where they uh, would argue with each other, or did you just capture the reality as it was happening? As we said, we don't understand Turkish. <laughs> uh, another answer I would say is that uh, in any reality, if you stay long enough, it becomes a great fiction, actually. <laughs> All right, so we have time for one more. Let's go in the... What? what? She's slowly moving now to the new house. She has a hard time with this because she's too used to her old house, but I think by the end of this year, she'll probably move completely. Okay, but seriously, we have time for one more question. So we had one in the back, I think. Right? You had your hand up? No? Okay, then we'll go over here. Can you wait for the microphone, please? What did they think when you showed them the film? Um. <laughs> I know, Paula. Um. At this close premiere that we had uh, in Macedonia, uh, 
it was only Atije and two of the children. The others will come on the open premiere in August. Uh, I will just say one uh, comment from Hussein, the father, our favorite comment, uh, say about Atije on, on the premiere. Uh, when he saw the, the trailer for the film, uh, he commented, wow, I can't believe how you made our truck look so new. I was so... <laughs> and that dust in the background is so nice. I was so worried how it's gonna look like. <laughs> um, as we said, she's, she's a born star. And um, after the second uh, screening, there were two, two nights in Skopje. Uh, there was a party in a club where the, the band who made the music for the film had a gig and uh, at one moment Atija woke up on the stage with the mic and uh, it was like, 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 the like, best she's, event that like happened. she's singing every night in the... <laughs> and she is dealing with it. Very good. Now, now, uh, tomorrow we are going to Switzerland, in Neon, and uh, our cinematographer will bring her there to Vision the Real Festival, and we'll see. <laughs> thank you. Um, so that's unfortunately all we have time for, but thank you both for being here and for your film, and thank all of you. Thank you. Thank you. been listening to the film at lincoln center podcast our opening music is by steelism you can subscribe on itunes and stitcher film at lincoln center is a non-profit arts organization based in new york city supported by individuals just like you founded in 1969 to celebrate american and international cinema film at lincoln center presents year-round programming recognizing established and emerging filmmakers supporting important new work and enhancing awareness, accessibility, and understanding of the moving image. To learn more about what we do and support Film at Lincoln Center by becoming a member, visit filmlink.org, F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C.org. Film at Lincoln Center. Film lives here. <laughs>